Welcome to Insight Talks, a podcast hosted by MedEngine, where we invite extraordinary individuals from within the field of pharma and healthcare to discuss and examine timely topics that are shaping the world around us. In this first episode, we get to host a guest who has seen an amazingly full view of the field of pharma. Isabel Therese, General Manager of Takeda Finland, has worked in various roles inside pharma for over two decades and now resides in Helsinki, researching the innovative healthcare environment of Finland. With multiple touch points and topics to delve into, Isabel has the honor of kicking off this season of Insight Talks. So many thanks for joining us today, Isabel, and it's my well, pleasure. welcome to Inside Talks. So you have a, an extensive career within pharma industry and across the globe, and now you're working as a general manager of Takeda Finland. So could you uh, tell us a little bit about your background and your journey within the industry so far? So I'm Portuguese as my uh, my nationality, uh, but uh, yes, I've moved quite. Uh, Young, let's say from Portugal, so I've been in US, in China, I've stayed many years in Asia, um, in France, in Europe, and uh, now I'm uh, I'm working in Finland. But uh, yes, I've tried emerging markets. Has been my most career has been in emerging markets. How did you end up working in the pharma? Was it something that you you knew that you want to be in since the childhood or? No, <laughs> you don't want saying I want to be in the pharma industry. No, so I, I always knew that I would like to work with patients. Mm -hmm. I like, um, you know, weird way, but I like hospitals and so on. So I've decided to be a pharmacist. So my background as a pharmacy, I've worked in the hospital for a certain time in London. Mm -hmm. Um, I've enjoyed, but then I went back to Portugal and on that time it was, uh, and maybe still is, it was not a very exciting uh, approach to pharmacy, so we were not participating in diagnosis or something like that. So I've tried the industry okay. and so I begin in Portugal uh, in, in, in pharma, in, uh, in uh, an American company, MSD, and then uh, they sent me to the US and as it was begin my, uh, my international career, let's say. Yeah. And um, and then I begin to work with Africa, yeah. and uh, quite early in my my career, that's where I begin to know that I liked emerging markets and uh, I liked the challenges in terms of access, infrastructures, and so on. So that's where I begin my access career, let's say like that. Yeah, and uh, you've been involved in projects uh, focusing on on improving access in in emerging markets such as. Uh, African and Philippines. So, could you tell us a little bit more about these these projects and what what was your role in these? Yeah, so I've begin uh, to work in uh, communicable diseases. So, to work in malaria, mm -hmm. and one thing was very clear since the beginning: you cannot do it alone. So, pharma cannot change. It's not the access to the medication itself that can create barriers. Yeah. It's also the lack of infrastructures, the lack of transportation. So it was clear since the beginning that we had to do it with other partners mm -hmm. and in public-private partnerships. So the governments and so on have to be also focused on that and contribute actively to that. So I think what I've learned with, uh, with working in access and access to medicines, communicable and no communicable diseases, because in Takeda uh, it was in oncology. 
it was that you have to do it together with other pharma, with governments, with NGOs, uh, with big financial institutions. But uh, pharma alone cannot do much. It's not just access to medication that can make uh, the things work. Yeah. You need diagnose, you need all the infrastructure to help you uh, to give access to, to this kind of treatment. Yeah. So what were the main challenges? Was it, for example, easy to set up the collaboration uh, with different stakeholders or how did you see it? So pharma has this uh, challenge of trust, right? So people not naturally trust pharma. So, so I think the, this is the major uh, challenge, at least to begin to work with, is uh, the, the lack of trust between the partners between pharma itself, but also between public and private. And it's something that I think uh, we, we have a lot in Finland, and I always say that uh, to my colleagues and to the Finnish, is you have a major competitive advantage because you trust. Yes. So people you normally trust, and uh, the government, and you trust the society, and you trust also pharma. So it's, uh, it's quite uh, easy mm. to partner Yes. outside of uh, the farming industry also. Mm, mm. What would you say, uh, you've been working in Asia, Middle East, Africa, US and, and so forth. Uh, what are the main learnings you've got uh, from working in such diverse set of cultures? So you have to be flexible, yes, to have the flexible but a certain level of resilience also, right? So you cannot give up uh, on the first uh, Obstacle, right? You have to have the Sisu, the Finnish Sisu. I think it's quite useful also to work around the world. Yeah. So yes, but I think basically you have to be uh, flexible and try to be innovative also. Mm -hmm. Sometimes things will not work the same way, but does not mean that it does not work. Yeah. So you have to try new ways of doing things. And sometimes innovation is not just a new product or a new treatment, but it also creates a new process, a new way of doing something. Yeah. So I think flexibility and Sisu is the main thing that you need to have to work around the world. So in Access to Medicines, my role, uh, my first role, it was in malaria. I was responsible for, uh, it was the commercial part, marketing and commercial part. And one of the things was um, to, we wanted to bring a new product to the, to the market in a new, innovative way. That is, so we have done uh, one of the first collaborations with an NGO to develop uh, a product. So we will take it in phase three. And we were responsible for the clinical studies and so on. So I've participated on the commercialization, let's say, of this product and also create two different systems. So the idea was no profit, no loss. So you had the same product in two different uh, packagings and so on, with two different channels um, to be to make uh, be able to make access to everyone. My second role was in Takeda, and that was the reason why I've joined Takeda. It was to build um, access to medicines uh, in Takeda. So I was the global head of access to medicines, and it was in no communicable diseases. So in oncology, GI. So I had other kind of challenges because, of course, infrastructure in no communicable diseases and it's less interest from the government in a certain way because of the number of patients. So uh, in Takeda we had to develop, and it was in oncology, and it was a very important thing also, for example, to partner with other pharma. 
So we have developed what uh, we call the cancer foundation, the cancer foundation, with other part, with the other farmer, with the government also, with universities. So to try to reach out all the partners and all the, the steps of the way from the patient, from the patient association, transportation. So we have tried to kind of figure it out. How could we bring the patient, wherever he was, to the treatment? Okay, okay. And uh, you're really known as a person who is passionate about uh, access to medicines. So um, we know that uh, I would say the biggest buzzword currently in this area is, is value-based healthcare. So why do we need these value-based models? I think the value-based models is needed because of sustainability, right? So anywhere in the world you need a sustainable uh, system. So in the developed countries like uh, Finland, and that's why I think one of the reasons that I'm here also is to learn with you how you do it value-based healthcare. It's you want to create a sustainable, a sustainable way of giving access. And to that you need to data, you need to have outcomes and you have to prove your value. So I think it's, it's the way to go and it's the way that uh, the farmer should now commercialize all the products. It's based on the, on the value of the product. Yeah, but we noticed that it's, it's quite challenging to build these models. And I think uh, quite commonly it's related to how we collect the data from the, from the patients and how we demonstrate the value in, in real life. Uh, what do you think, how do we overcome these kind of a practical challenges in, in future? Doing in, as in Finland, yes. <laughs> yeah. You, you have... said that Finland is kind of a laboratory <laughs> yes, for, for a lab test, yes. yes. Because you have very you know, good quality data, registries, yes. and uh, also the connection between all this, you know, this, uh, this number that you have that can connect all the, all the way. Yes. And the system, in fact... It's, and I think that's one of the points. The quality of the data is that you don't break the, the flow of this data. Mm -hmm. And you have this capability, and the Nordics, in fact, it's a very good uh, uh, systems in general, but uh, that you have that. You have long-time data also, what is quite good. You can go back and see what is the, the value of and how the things have evolved. Mm -hmm. So it's the quality of the data, the longevity of the data, and the connection of this data. From the viewpoint of your field of interest, if you had unlimited budget, what kind of a missing studies or data sets would you want to see created? What data would you like to see? Uh, in Finland or uh, somewhere else? Uh, as you wish either in Finland or somewhere else. Okay, so I will try to find a way to connect all the registries in uh, Anglophone countries in Africa, in oncology, in breast cancer, probably. And what would you expect would be the outcome of, of such a study? We will have some data, because in fact, what you find out in these places is you, you have studies. Mm. It's not a lack of studies, you know. The, Many people have finance studies, registries, yeah. but then the registries don't speak between themselves. Yeah? So you begin one year with a set of questions and the other one. So you have, in the end, you cannot take any conclusions or you cannot take any learnings from this, uh, from this data. So if we could find a way of connecting these uh, registries, you will have very available and uh, sustainable data, yes. There has been a 
tremendous uh, development in the industry since you started your career. That's for sure. <laughs> and it, it, it feels like the, the pace is speeding up all the time. And But uh, what would you think, uh, what are the uh, main trends that will save the industry during the next, let's say, five to ten years? I think AI. Mm-hmm. And how? How do you, is it like uh, uh, algorithms we can find the patients or, or how do you see it or is it just everywhere? No, I think it's a personalization of the medicine, okay. in fact. So definitely you need the, the physicians, but you can, you can help. Yeah. You can help the right diagnose, you can help the right treatment, you can help in adherence. So in fact, you can help from uh, the beginning to finding the patients, but also all over the treatment and also help the life of a patient. One thing that I've learned when I begin to be a pharmacist is no one wants to be sick. Mm-hmm. So I think we have to move more in the... The patient has more and more a very important role on this, but we have to think that it's not a, a willing role. You know, when mm-hmm. we go... It's a cons- they will have to consume our medication, but they don't want to. So they have a very uh, strange relationship, I think, with the with the farmers. With the that's one of the reasons I think that they don't like the, the pharma industry because mm-hmm. they come in a very bad moments of their lives. So I think also in terms of behavioral, we should begin to kind of figure it out what they need, what can we do to help them to make this period of their lives short or longer. Uh, better. And also I think this digitalization and AI can help all the emerging markets to leapfrog. So you will not need, for example, the pathologists. You have one pathologist in Ethiopia to 60 million people. So if we could, if we can bring AI to the systems, it's a huge, huge help, especially in fields like oncology, for example. It's a So yes, I think I, I trust that AI can can make the life of the patients much easier. Yeah, and that type of solutions would of course change everything dramatically. Yes. Yeah, uh, is AI the, the development you are uh, personally most excited about? Or? Today, yes, I think AI can really uh, personalize. You know, we can kind of also help the physicians in a certain way. All the time that they have. If they have some kind of uh, help, they could concentrate on what they should do. That is, uh, you know, follow, it, help the patient to go through this journey, to do a better diagnosis, to do. So yes, I think AI, in the, at least in the next uh, years, few years, it can do a revolution in terms of how you treat patients, and you can personalize to this patient what means to him to be sick. Yeah. What do you think will be the main challenges then for the for the pharma industry uh, during the coming years? Access. So I think you will want to personalize, and it's more and more it will be you know people live longer. So in terms of uh, chronic disease and aging, it's huge. The aging of the populations, the quantity of aging people. You know when you look to China or this uh, any place like it's huge. So I think it's a sustainability. How are we going to make all these systems sustainable? So again, I think that has to go through partnerships. We have to build with the payers and, of course, with the HCPs and with the patients, but we have to co-create solutions to do to make this sustainable, and the pharmaceutical industry has a major role on that. I think it's an exciting role yeah. because we can have a, a voice on that, we can help on that, 
But I think it's the sustainability of the next years that uh, it's the major challenge. What would you change in pharma industry? Hmm. That's a very good question. So I think we will have to work, if I could change anything, it will be the trust. So to, to change the trust, I think we have to work more on the fair value of the products. And we have to kind of uh, co-create more with, uh, with the patients and uh, with the government and payers. So I think it's, we have to begin to do stronger partnerships and also with the other farmers. I think we have to begin to work more together to change the pharma image and the pharma way of working. I, don't, I, don't, I think more and more we will not be able to do it alone as one pharma. Mm, yeah. So... That's, that's going to be important. Yes, yeah, so I think it's that. I think we, the way that we do partnerships should be stronger. Mm. And we should also begin to look outside of the normal uh, industries that we are used to work, the normal partners. Mm. I think we will win to look more outside of our industry. We are not so different from many of the others, but we think that we are kind of a... Special. Yeah, special. <laughs> so, yes, so I think feel less special and begin to look uh, how the others have evolved, how the things, the digitalization, for example, yeah. have moved in the other industries. Because mm -hmm. we are not doing very quickly, that's for yeah. sure. So we should look to the others. Yes. So I, that's what I will change. I will put the pharma industry looking to the others mm -hmm. and a certain... Uh, humble approach to things, yeah. maybe it can help. Pharma has uh, now started to work also with uh, startups and yeah. scale-ups. And I know that you also have a kind of a personal interest uh, yes, in exactly. this field. And you just uh, organized, for example, uh, an event called Finnovations, which uh, brought together uh, public organizations, startups and pharma companies. So why should a company like Takeda work with uh, small startups? Because they have ideas. <laughs> so I think that the startups is this, uh, you know, this kind of ideas that normally when you are in a pharma and in a certain system, you don't have it. Mm. It's a kind of a fresh look. Yeah. So you have the capabilities, I will imagine, digital and so on, and you have also fresh ideas, fresh ways of looking to the things. And of course, you have you are also working with data, and how can you use data in an anonymous way? How can you? But for me, what startups bring is a certain level of freshness to the business. Yeah. So, and again, if you bring startups and you are able to build these partnerships with uh, with academia, with other farm, and so on, it's uh, a fresh air, and then you put the process in place, and you can even maybe scale up. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's the ideas. What are the main areas you're most interested to collaborate with, with startup companies? So we are trying to, uh, as, you, as you know, Takeda works in rare diseases. So one of the things that we are working is um, to accelerate time to diagnostic. So it's uh, rare diseases, the average is 12 years to the patient be diagnosed. So definitely, I think we can improve. The benchmark is not so good. So one of the things definitely is accelerate time to diagnose. Then it's also everything that in IBD, for example, it's how could we kind of connect the dots and begin to be more preventive approach to, to the diseases. Because I think we will be moving to a prevention, uh, productive, uh, productive approach to, to this kind of chronic diseases.
at least delay the diseases to come. Probably they will arrive in a certain point, but if you can make it come uh, later, um, the treatments, and it, it will work better for the patients. So we are working also in, the, in terms of uh, prevention, let's say, predictivity of the diseases and accelerate time to diagnose. I think that's the major project that we are ongoing now. Yeah. It might be a bit scary for, for uh, startup companies to approach uh, last biopharma like Takeda. So do you have any advice how the entrepreneurs should approach you or, or other pharma companies? Be bold. If you have an idea, we are looking for ideas. If you have a product, be bold. And uh, one thing that also in the Defin Innovations yesterday someone said, and I agree, be flexible also. So try to figure it out what are the needs, right? Don't build products that uh, the need is not there or it's just a need to try to be bold in the way that you create. Try to feel, see what is the unmet need and then be persistent. Yeah. So go back, try to find, speak with everyone that co-create. Uh, don't bring a product already done. So I think that's one of the advantages of getting the startups in an initial phase mm-hmm. is you can co-create the product with, with them. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Do you have a specific systems in, in place for, for contacting startups or how does it work? So we have, um, we have created what we call a center of excellence of innovation in the Nordics. So, of course, all the structures today have digitals and the innovation. So, I think all pharma is looking for uh, startups and innovative approaches to, to the processes even. But in Takeda, we have what we call the Center of Excellence of Innovation that have people working and trying to figure it out how can they work in the best way possible to screen startups and to begin to work with them. Yeah. So... Um Where do you get uh, drive and motivation to do your work? Uh, I truly believe that uh, we should help the patients. It's in the patient's part. Mm. So I, you know, it's uh, not just a, a word. I really believe that I can help and I can support uh, the patients in this journey. So that's why I think access is so important. Yeah. Because without that, you cannot do much. Mm. So, yes. So it- feels really meaningful. Yes. Yes, and I have to have a meaning to work. I, mm-hmm. So yes, it's uh, it's the patience. Do you have some specific goals you want to achieve in your career? That's a very difficult question because I don't have I never had a like a position or a goal. Uh, so for me it's to try to give access as quick as possible to kind of this transformational medication and drugs. So that's, and personalization of the medicine, I think it's a quite, uh, should be a target. Mm. We should try to make the best of the medication to the, you know, the right medication to the right patient on the right time. So if we can do that, or if we can kind of change a little bit the things to get on that direction, I'll feel happy with myself. Many thanks for your time and for the conversation. No, thank you. I've enjoyed quite a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us in another episode of Insight Talks. To find out more about MedEngine and how we are bridging medical science with business, head on to medengine.fi.